Hello and welcome to the 2023 Movie of the Year, Booty of the Year. That's right, it's the Best of the Year of the Year for 2023 Horror. I am your host on this spooky and scary adventure through all of the best movies that came out in 2023 that are acceptably within the genre of horror. Now, many people since the dawn of history have defined horror as... <laughs> oh, sorry, I am getting a note in my ear that we don't have time for me to do my entire bit on that, so uh, I'll jump ahead to the end. And that's how the Munsters came to be. So, without further ado, let me introduce my two panelists who are with me. I'm Taylor. I don't know if I even said that. Uh, I've sort of entered the podcasting zone, as they call it. With me entering the zone is Mike. I love being in the P zone. When did Rob Zombie's The Monsters come out? Did that happen? Was that a fever dream I had? No, okay. You said that, and it does sound like a fever dream, but I also remember that. So, like, hey. Was that, like, mid-pandemic? It, it feels like either it was a joke that someone made that they put on Twitter or it was a real thing that Rob Zombie did. There's no way for us to know and we'll never be able to find out the answer to this. When you're in the P zone, they shut down all internet. So we're That's not actually... True. I've, I've actually been to the doctor a couple of times recently and asked him about my P zone yeah. and he doesn't want me in there anymore. They made me change doctors. That's because you kept going to the dentist. Well, listen, you know, I, uh, one's for teeth, one's for, like, why not the rest? I'm, I'm made of bones. and those It's are called a outs- boner. Yeah. Just, hey, help me out, Doc. I'm dying here. Uh, speaking of dying, uh, also here to talk to us about horror is Ryan. See, that's not fucking funny because, uh, like, you might be making a horror joke about how I'm dying. You know, a lot of people die in horror. But, like, as a uh, uh, self-professed, one of the greatest stand-up comedians of all time that's on podcasting, dying means something very different to us, like bombing on stage, Taylor. And now I'm nervous that I'm not going to be funny enough. No, oh, you're not I'm bombing. Sorry, no. It's the audience's fault. Yeah, I was actually talking about, like, you're very good at using, um, like, like colored pigments to alter the coloring of clothes. Yeah, that no, actually, that is true. I am a uh, dyer for days. Yeah, you're just like... Uh, Ah, uh, no. It's John Cryer is the name of that man. Uh, let so. me interrupt, Taylor. But before he says John Cryer, and I really want to get in here before he says John Cryer so he doesn't embarrass himself, uh, The Munster, Rob Zombie's The Munsters came out uh, digital and Blu-ray on September 27, 2022. So I have to assume we talked about oh. it on last year's show. Huh. Only to go, was that a real thing? I hope word for word, was that a fever dream? We just did the whole bit again. I saw yeah. the. Tra- I remember watching the trailer, and it really is like ma- the worst episode of Mad TV. Yes, made a trailer. Let's pause the podcast right now, and I'll go watch it, and we'll be right back. <laughs> and we're back. It sucked, you guys. Oh, not don't, good. You not don't good. need to watch it. Well, I've I heard of the uh, Munsters origin story. Mike, when I say I've heard of, you know something gold is coming. Please don't I'm interrupt sorry, that. But we started talking at the same time. I didn't even listen. Go. You've heard of what? I've heard of Munster cheese, but how much Munster's cheese was in that movie? See, Mike, that's the kind of thing that like. I'm sorry, I stepped on that. Yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah, that's. I've heard of mozzarella cheese, but oh boy, we got to talk about how good this year in horror was. Now, gang, 2023, we've been saying for like the past, I'd say like five years that horror's back. I think like Hereditary sort of started the conversation culturally about how like, oh, horror movies can be good again. 
how how would you say like are we still in that era or are we sort of on the decline or is it getting stronger than ever what, what i like about the era we're in is it does feel like the the pros of hereditary and jordan peele are people are like let's make horror again the cons are like oh, i guess horror should mean something uh and i feel like the over-the-top hackneyed message horror seems to be dying out and so this year had a good range uh yeah of horror styles yeah it feels like if if like 2017 uh was like a, a resurgence of like 70s horror we're we're sort of re-entering the 80s of horror again mm-hmm. where now there's like we just got a bunch of slashers like people are having some fun with it again at this point like and and we're also getting now we're seeing like some of the sequels to the reboots of franchises that started a couple years ago so we're like we're in we're in the the pool now i uh, the the do or do not but like stay out of the middle i think is really important to me with horror like uh be uh fucking disgusting and horrifying and give me the heebie-jeebies and make your movie audience scream or if you want to and i don't know how we feel about this term um effectively be elevated where like you're hiding some serious point behind a genre. That's cool too. But like just to have a point isn't to, just to, like say like, well, no, we, we read books about how like you could have a point, And so we tried, but failed. That's still not good. And those movies I think are, were eliminated from this bracket. Like we have eight movies that are like either. I don't fucking want to say anything except let's scare the shit out of you. Or we'll talk about what they have to say. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think I agree with you that like the middle ground is the place you want to stay out of. Because if if you sort of have an idea of something to say, but you're not saying it, like I will dock you so much more for that. Because yeah. it's, it's horror. We're in genre film. It's fine to just really effectively like uh, uh, execute on the trappings of the genre and make a very good version of what, we're coming to the movies for if you're gonna add extra stuff to it make that other stuff good (laughs) like like i don't i don't give a shit that you tried to add truffles to your craft mac and cheese that's not that's (laughs) not going to improve my experience or watching jordan peele movies does not a horror filmmaker make mike i I have you 2022's smile yeah i mean which i think made the bracket but like i don't there's not anything like that this bracket i don't think mike no. i have to ask you you see a lot of these horror movies with taylor when they do things that he doesn't like and he screams out in the movie audience docked docked points is that weird is that rough i like it. i always run around with how many negative points the movie is now down uh but i don't know if yeah. the rest of the audience love it. L- like I, a boxing like ring people, girl yeah, yeah. people just dis- in people- my booty shorts I have to say, people dislike you running around with the big sign <laughs> way more, more than they yeah. dislike me way yelling, more actually. Um, I, I have a question about, and this isn't, I, it came up this year when I was watching some of these movies. Do you guys think that horror movies more than other genres of film, uh, you have to pay attention to the context in which you're watching the movie, like like the environment that you're watching the movie. And here's and here's why I asked this. I I watched a movie that is not on our bracket this evening. Uh it it was on and off in the in the pre-bracket stages, but Insidious the Red Door mm. uh is a film that I that I did watch. Uh but I watched it um in broad daylight 
on an airplane um, with the little free headphones that they give you. And I, I have to say, I was not giving that movie my best in that scenario, but in turn, it, it gave me the same energy back. But I'm curious, like when you when you guys watch these movies, do you make sure like you've got like low lighting and it's spooky, or like are you watching it on an iPad, like hanging out, like like do do you yeah. set a stage? I, it's on an iPad. I'm at Mickey D's with my group of friends while they're skateboarding, and then it's the movie's fault if I don't pay attention to it. You're fully immersed in the ball pit. Yeah. Yes. With just my hands on the iPad sticking out of the balls. I mean, I'm surprised that there hasn't been a ball pit based horror movie yet. (laughs) (laughs) The pit. You should smell my balls and then you will find one. Uh, I would say that I treat this content like all content, a term that I don't love, which is I want to pay it the most respect and not break it into chunks or watch it on my phone or watch it on my Game Boy or however you do it. But I don't go through like relighting the room and everything. I don't make sure that it's, but I will say that like these movies, we used to have this with comedy movies, which have been completely ripped out of theaters and uh, could not be uh, less like relevant to pop culture. We now have horror movies. And every time I watch a horror movie at home and I try to do it like best sound, biggest screen in my house, blah, blah, blah. I wish I was in a theater. Right. And And so that I think is the perfect way to do it. What it's interesting is some, I mean, all you'd probably want to be in the theater because it's the most focused, but some, if you can't be in the theater, you're like, okay, I want this room full of friends. Right. And we're having a grand old time with it. And some, you yes. do not want that because your friends are going to be assholes and it actually is like a thoughtful, effective horror movie. Are you talking about elevated versus non-elevated? It sounds Maybe like Maybe it's elevated. But I, I, to me, that's such a derogatory term now. Right. Like, yeah. But yeah, I don't want a room full of schmucks watching Hereditary. Actually, yeah. I, I th- do, because I thought Hereditary wasn't that elevated. It was just and a grand old time of the movies. I yeah. I honestly never want the full... Ro- I love a movie theater of respectful movie watchers who like... A lot of golf clapping and, hmm, I say. Yes, and uh, uh, gasping at the right times and reverse gasping at the right times. But uh, a room full of people who are cracking jokes is never my thing. No, yeah, because the jokes are never as good as... I will say, uh, watching M3 again uh in a theater like the weekend it opened is one of the best moments of my last eight years of life yeah it's uh, some movies you need an audience for i think that's our new rubric instead of elevated or not elevated it's crowd movies and alone movies long before um all the problems with the theaters now all the pandemic when i was a kid comedies were my favorite because a real life organic laugh track nothing could make a movie funnier right that's all gone away, and so now it's horror movies, and these movies are the best, right? So, like, a Marvel movie might make more money, but, like, if you're talking about, uh, like, dollar per dollar, like, uh, return on your investment, right. horror movies are the way to go. Do you guys think that it is that thing that I was talking about with the comedies, about I want to be in a room, or do you think that horror movies, and, like, because this is the only thing that we care about now, uh, can be spoiled? Like... I don't want to have uh, Megan or any of the other movies in our bracket ruined for me. Therefore, I have to go see it opening weekend. I I think it's both. It it is both that connective tissue with the other audience members charges you up more. And I think you are more aware of that than in other genres because of spoil factor. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of horror movies 
especially because they sort of traffic on surprise to like get you they're more prone to twists or elements that like you do you the filmmakers don't want you to see coming so you're more sensitive to those in in that arena i saw every marvel movie in theaters from 2022 let's say and looking back on it now i would exchange all of those experiences to see barbarian with a theater who had never oh. heard of or seen Barbarian before. I did. That was a good old time. That was fucking crazy. The mixture of noises the theater made when Justin Long comes on screen. It's the <laughs> the noises that I made, like in my own home when that happened, was insane. And I I agree. I would give I would give at least one of my lesser appendages to have been able to see it in a theater. Wiener, for instance. Your wiener. Yes. Lesser. Speaking of wieners, uh, let's. Uh, I I have to uh, very briefly go through a, a little bit of housekeeping. So uh, we did, in fact, uh, record a, a little bit of a pre-show where we winnowed down uh, from sixteen down to the final eight that we will be talking about tonight. Uh, unfortunately, a gremlin uh, came in and was fed after midnight. Obviously, which you're not supposed to do. Um, but it was like one of those things where it was like it's five a.m. So someone thought like it's it's just early. It's not like after midnight. But mm-hmm. those are the rules. And, uh, I, and like, so t- let's be honest. Um, that show that was lost when we winnowed the sixteen horror movies down to eight. Uh, the three of us have never been more funny or handsome. No, yeah, and it's gone. Yeah. It 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 is a it is a a tough blow, and we thought about going in and just from memory, word for word, recreating it. But we thought, you know what, we can't we can't be living in the past. We're moving forward. That's what twenty twenty four is actually all about. We're moving, moving forward. forward. And with that, I am going to go through and tell you what happened. But like, you can just fill in while I'm telling you all this, like the funny jokes that we would have done, the bits, how chiseled uh, our jaws sounded. Oh, it just like how ripped we got for that one episode. It wasn't that we funny. Coo- we could mailed the shit out of it. Oh, yeah. I'm juiced. Speaking of juiced, here's our 16 and what happened to them. In our first matchup, the number one seed, Talk to Me, went up against the number 16 seed. Uh, and my pick for the bracket, the movie Thanksgiving, it will surprise no one that the number one seed, Knocked that film right out of there. Uh, then we moved on to the next up eight seed, Godzilla minus one versus your number nine seed, Saw X. Now, you know. We, we call this one Battle of the Maths. Battle Everybody of the Maths, it. obviously. Godzilla minus one moved right along from there. Uh, then we had your number four seed, M. Thregan, which, you know, if if we were allowed to move seeds around, I feel like M. Thregan should have been the three seed, but, yes. you know, what can you do? Pretty sure Ryan probably said I didn't understand M. Thregan because I didn't see M1gan or M2gan. Uh, yep, I, uh, I believe that absolutely did happen. We can reasonably uh, assume that that was said, but also I believe uh, uh, during this battle I gave like a 15-minute speech about No One Will Save You and how I wish we were going to talk about it, and that'll never be heard by anybody but you two. Nope. I don't even remember it. Yeah. yeah, I don't either because I was thinking about that one uh, gif where uh, Megan does the little dance in the hallway. Uh, and that's why Megan moved on. Uh, next up, we had uh, our first upset of the bracket. Number two, Five Nights at Freddy's versus 15, Win Evil Lurks, which was uh, Ryan's pick for the bracket. Uh, and that 
when Evil Lurks did in fact move on because Five Nights at Freddy's, not a real movie. Mike, uh, can I talk to you about something real quick, Mike? And I know that you we're may. supposed to be speeding through this, but uh, Should this we is say just Taylor from, headphones off. Yeah, or? Taylor headphones off. This is just for Mike. Okay. Uh, and also, listeners, headphones off. This is just for this Mike. This is just Mike and Ryan time. Yeah. Um, I put When Evil Lurks, my pick, up against Five Nights at Freddy, and I explained my strategy. Yes. And then Taylor had to go. He was going to put Thanksgiving back into the bracket. And he understood my strategy, and he was like, that's pretty good. But then he didn't kick my movie out. And it was to be an – he then put it up against the number one seed, Talk to Me, when he could have kicked my movie out and put it up against Five Nights at Freddy, thereby moving Thanksgiving onto the next round. Right. Taylor, nice guy, or was this a dumb move? Well, I mean, I know you hate this answer, but it is both. He is a nice guy, and nice guys only make dumb moves. They treat women like people. Stupid. <laughs> wow. Horror. Horrifying. Horrifying. I'm trying to be a that. horrible person. Uh, Thanksgiving could have been in the bracket, but Taylor said, uh, good strategy, Ryan. You put it up against Five Nights at Freddy's and then left my movie there, which then I- won. I, I don't want to give anything away. I know nothing about Thanksgiving yet, except it's a great holiday because it's just about eating. Well, uh, uh, stop top so, stuffing, so sure. Fuck stuffing. I'm so glad we watched When Evil Lurks. I want to talk about it with you. Let's, you know what? Everybody headphones back on. We're Taylor, Taylor, about- headphones back on. I've gotten the physical signal to put my headphones back on, and I can only assume that we've talked about how When Evil Lurks moved on from that matchup. Next up, we had your number seven seed, Knock at the Cabin versus Renfield. Renfield, also not a movie, so Knock at the Cabin moved on. Yeah, yeah it did. It had moments. It had a lot of charismatic actors in it. Yeah, it was, it's fine. It's I, I wouldn't watch it again. I just I, I love in a preview show where Mike was like, uh, "Knock at the cabin seems stupid, but I've seen Renfield. I vote for <laughs> Knock at the Cat." Like that, <laughs> that yeah. speaks so much about Renfield. I'm a huge Nicholas Holt fan. I would rather watch Nicholas Holt's Warm Bodies than Nicholas Holt's Renfield again. That's a legit yeah. movie. Uh, next up, number three seed Scream Six versus fourteen seed Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey, which was Mike's pick. Uh, and Scream obviously moved on. Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, uh, you know, cash grab. Even though I made the argument that this movie's title, like my actual bowel movements, the Pooh is full of blood. I and was honey. just gonna say, <laughs> what is Winnie the Pooh pooping like me? <laughs> That's we are friends. Crazy. Oh, blood and honey. Uh, well, I have normal poops. I just want that to go on record. Your next battle was number five seed, Evil Dead Rise versus number 12, Skinnamarink. And uh, pretty, you know, no upsets uh, option. We went right on with Evil Dead Rise. Skinnamarink, thanks for showing up. Uh, sorry you didn't make it in, in a different uh, matchup. Otherwise, you might have made it through. And then your final matchup was number six seed Infinity Pool versus the number 11 seed Totally Killer. And Infinity Pool took that one down pretty handily. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that was sort of a serious movie versus a comedy-ish yeah, movie. And, I, I will uh, say, when, when we're done with all these booties and you get a chance to resurface and just watch whatever you feel like watching, which feels illegal at this point in time, um, check out Totally Killer when you get a night. It's fun. Yeah, it's hey, it's fun, but that's not what we're here to do. We're that's here to be serious. Fun. We're here to determine the best of the year. Oh, it's important so, to note that Infinity Pool, not fun at all. So that's no. why I moved yeah, on. Oh, not fun. Talking about uh, movies in theaters, uh, I also saw Infinity Pool the weekend it came out. But unlike Megan, it was not full. It was me and five senior citizens, and then we went and talked about it at a bar to talk about what the fuck that oh, we all just watched. Like making friends. <laughs> I was the youngest by decades, and I'm not. 
a young man. <laughs> I'm not a young but man. But you know what love is. I've heard of it. I think it's when you go to a remote island and act like a tourist. No, it's when you go to a bar and talk about fucking infinity pool. Yeah. So uh, that gives us your uh, – the matchups are Talk to Me versus Godzilla minus one, Begin versus When Evil Lurks, Knock at the Cabin versus Scream, and Evil Dead Rise versus Infinity Pool. And that is exactly what we are going to talk about right after this break. All right. Your first matchup is going to be Talk to Me versus Godzilla minus one. Talk to Me is a low-budget indie horror standout about teens taking a creepy party game way too far and opening themselves up to possession by evil spirits by way of a severed hand, something I personally never be caught doing. Godzilla Minus One is the bigger-budget, latest entry in a long-running franchise, a soft reboot period piece set in Japan in the 40s following a former Japanese kamikaze pilot dealing with his failures in the war and needing to kill the dangerous monster Godzilla something I personally would never be caught doing. Mike, does the comparatively smaller budget and scope of a film like Talk To Me hurt its chances in the bracket? Or does it help to see a film punching above its weight class? Yeah, I, I think the, the the punching above, it's almost as if Talk To Me was a former kamikaze pilot attacking the behemoth that is Godzilla. So it's it's quite apt. But also, like we are all students of Ebert in this house, and... Each movie sets its own bar. How do you clear that bar? And I think if you have a low budget and you tell a small story, you can actually really, really beat the shit out of a big budget movie if that big budget movie wasn't Godzilla minus one. <laughs> oh! Just put oh! my opinions out there right now. Yeah, it's. I, I, I will say, like, I think Godzilla minus one is uh, a, 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 an absolutely incredible film. There were, like, if we're talking about budgets, there were moments where... You know, the CGI isn't as good as a, a, the Western version of that movie would be. And sure. I don't care. Yes, but uh, context, like we said, how do you watch it? Does that matter? I think also context I couldn't get rid of is legendary Godzilla movies have been pumping out once every couple years. And sure, their CGI is uh, budget is bigger than Godzilla Minus One. But I could not get the comparisons of like, oh, this is a movie that cares about its characters, cares about its audience enjoying the movie. Uh, yes, and Kyle Chandler connecting. wouldn't be caught dead in this film. No, I don't know who that is. Kyle Chandler uh, is fucking. Uh, first of all, Kyle Chandler is coach from Friday Night. Oh, Lights. Kyle Chandler. Um, I, I cut out on the first name. And he was the Peter Jackson King Kong. Hero, no, he right? was uh, Legendary's first Godzilla movie, I believe. Yeah, or he's in the second Godzilla movie, uh, King of the Monsters. Uh, he uh, he plays the father of uh, Millie Bobby Brown of Eleven. Yeah. But when yeah. he was much younger, he was shooting dinosaurs and big bugs in Peter Jackson's King Kong, a franchise that we are not talking about right now. And that's, But we could. I like that movie a lot. I fucking yeah. love that movie. That's my favorite Peter Jackson movie. Speaking of Peter Jackson, uh, Miranda Otto is the mom in Talk to Me. Yeah, that fucked me up. I was like, how do I know her? I looked it up. I was like, I've never seen her in human clothes before. <laughs> like normal, modern clothes. She wasn't wearing a shield or a sword, which was weird, but... Uh, this is uh, when we watch these movies, and uh, I think that like sort of the topic is like, uh, what do you do with your stunted budget, right? Mm -hmm. um, you go out and you you can't get like Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise or Tom Pitt or Tom Michael Edward Pitt. Norton, so or Michael Pitt, who we've been missing since Boardwalk Empire. Uh, so you go out and you'd be like, uh, we have like fifty grand left. Let's go get Miranda fucking Otto, and she kills it. Like in throughout this movie, she's like. Oh, I'm so glad you're my daughter's friend. 
I fucking hate that you're my daughter's friend. Yeah. And I'm so scared that my kids are going through something. And that's because she's a veteran actress. And just this role, uh, talk to me, like, uh, pretty good. Uh, fine. Right? Act, actor, like, younger actors, like, a bunch of teenagers in a... Um, yeah. And they, they did fine. But Miranda Otto comes in and fucking, like, really bumps the movie up for me a couple of points. It's definitely, like, it. the performances feel like... like Miranda Otto's great. And then the rest of everyone is like a thing that I think horror does quite a bit, which is this is someone you've never really seen before, but they're doing good enough that you think, oh, I, I would like to see them in other things, but not so much that you're like, can't wait for them to win an Oscar for this. Right. Almost like, like you went to a random AAA game. Like, yeah. Some of these people will move on to the majors. Some of them won't. Yeah, um, it's it's you're fi- you're finding the prospects of tomorrow in in these movies, which is I think why like a lot of the time you'll go back to like an '80s horror movie, yeah. and you'll just be like, "Why is George Clooney in this? Yeah. Is that Patricia Richardson? Yeah, the mom it's, it's from like, Home Improvement. They, they all do exactly one of these, and then get better things. And I think that will happen to some of. Yeah, I think the Sophie Wilde, who played Mia, like the main yeah. character of Talk yes. to Me, uh, the titular Talk to Me, was great. Uh, her name was Jennifer. Talk to Me. The the you know who I loved, who I stood out that not her is uh, the like drug dealer kids, the mm. the kids who have the the hand, uh, Haley, and the the kids who like can't they? I've not seen a movie capture teenage dumb so well of like yeah. the kids who are like this is dangerous, this is fucking hilarious. Right. Yes. And then it's, like. Uh, like their attitude towards it is so like, listen, it's realistic, but also like it makes me want to yell through the screen at yes. the character, which is is what every good horror movie should do: is make you want to yell at the characters and tell them what they're doing wrong. And the kid who uh, actually like owned the Paul, I guess, like mm-hmm. had the hand in her uh, in their backpack, uh, just like uh, sitting on a car, being like. Maybe I'll give it to you. Maybe I won't. Yeah. This is sort of my power right now. And like, oh, God, that was so. And then she, they just had like a much bigger bouncer best friend. Joss. Yeah. And Joss was hilarious. And that's, that's what it was like. The small one's always the asshole. And then it's because they have a big, friendly friend who will get along with everybody until they have to break an elbow because the small dickhead friend in power said, okay, I know you like them, but you're my bitch. So but Joss, go break that elbow. This is the number one seed. And I did like this movie, but I did struggle with like, Number one seed? Like, why? what puts this do above you, and beyond everything else? Do you, I, other I than, like, it, being a phenomenon, like Megan, like Smile, like some of these yeah. other movies. I think, it was lo- I think it is the fact that it's low budge from Australia, or is it from New Zealand? I get those confused a lot, and I know that pisses listeners off. Uh, one of those. It's from one of those. Um, and I think that, so it's surprising in every way, because other than Miranda Otto, everybody's new. And yeah. I think it is a good take on this style of like teenage horror. And this is also the closest at the, Oh, this could be a message. And that's what made me roll my eyes. The closer the hand got to drugs, the more I was like, come yeah, on. Yeah. It's I, I will say, but didn't cross that line. Would you say? No, it's, no, pretty yeah. rare. Yeah. I, uh, I think another th- factor in this becoming the number one seed is when it came out, which was, right at sort of the tail of the strikes, which kind of like, we didn't talk about this in the year in review, but 
I do think the back half of the year was a little light on films because the strikes were sort of preventing things. Uh, I mean, it's the reason we didn't have any really Hallmark Christmas movies this year. So Talk to Me came out a little bit later in the year, I think was like the best horror movie in theaters at that time, really. And it, it, as Mike said, like, it's a surprise. Like, we weren't expecting this. We didn't have time to, like, get geared up for it like we would, you know, a scream. Which totally uh, or, goes to what I was saying because everybody was like, uh, well, there's nothing playing. And so we uh, we have to see something. And it isn't comedies anymore. Everybody was like, well, let's see Talk to Me. Like, we're just going to go see yeah. Talk to Me. And... As uh, the the more that we've done these shows, the more I found that like uh, people are just like I will never see a horror, or I love horror. Like th- there's like this divide, the separation, and but like with the with a movie like this, people are like, no, I like instead of going to see Ant Man or Aquaman or some fucking bullshit, they what were like, man, I uh, yeah. I want to see this in theaters with other people, and like so it just like it went from this might make $5 million to this made $75 million. Right. And it yeah. cost 50 grand. Right. Yeah. They, they, I think I did look it up and it was like 4 million total budget, I think yeah. including advertising. So it's like nice. that they, they've made like 20 times their, their budget on this. And, and again, think about budget and think about horror and what you can do and, and jump scares and how those can be bullshit. Uh, I have not been able to get the image of Riley, the reason Miranda Auto tells the the main character she hates her. Uh, Riley starting to pluck his own eye out while laughing out of my fucking head. And ever since then, you've constantly kept me from plucking my eye out. Like, you used to let me do that all the time, and now you just... It, it used to be funny, and now I've grown older and wiser. Yeah. Whatever. Well, speaking of growing older and wiser... Uh, we've been talking for a little bit about Talk to Me, but there's a movie that we haven't talked as much about, Godzilla Minus One. Uh, how do we feel about that movie? Any any standout performances from that battle boy? My goodness, you guys have been talking about this movie for eight weeks probably, and yeah. I had to go see it last night in theaters because it's just not available, and uh, the re-release was Godzilla Minus One Minus Color. Uh, finally figured out what minus one was, wh- what that meant. And really? Because I, I saw it and I don't, I couldn't tell you. What was and it. I was wrong about it. I thought that I had the very clear answer, and I was wrong about it. Um, but to see this movie on the big screen in black and white, I can't. I, when was the last time I saw a movie in black and white on the big screen? This movie is breathtaking, and the Ugh. only question that we have here, and I, you guys can talk about it too, I guess. Although I would love to monologue and have you guys sit there and listen to me forever. Uh, the only question is, what does horror mean? Mm. You know, and like, d- does yeah. horror, because Talk to Me is fucking horror. And this is, right. uh, uh, this is a monster movie. But this movie should be on our, not to insult horror, this should be on our uh, best movies of the year in our top eight. Like, I could not believe the shit that I went through during this movie. And I know that Mike earlier said, oh, well, there's characters that I care about. And that's all totally true. And everybody's talked about that and how like there's backstory and stuff. But like also they took their money that they had and they made the most incredible Jaws on purpose. Uh, yes. Yes. Action and they, scenes. I, somebody else. I forget who said it. It, it might have been like somebody like Kevin Smith. Somebody said, why has nobody ever done Godzilla as Jaws? And I was like, I, I also don't know why. Hide yeah. that monster. 
Hide that monster, but also anytime we get to see him, make him look like he's fucking smiling in a creepy way. Like oh, they, they, it, no, it, the it's mouth is big, of, but the eyes are insane. The yeah. eyes, are yes. <laughs> oh, it's it's one of my favorite designs of Godzilla that they've yes. ever done, and well, it just looks so good. And and making the old because he still had like the weird big boobed style of the original Godzilla. Like they didn't yes. lose the old old Godzilla. It's but still, it was still obviously creepy. like you look at that and it's like, well, that's Godzilla. Uh, yeah. That's like, my friend, Godzilla. In this movie, uh, like in this movie's lore, I I thought it was minus one because this was a prequel to the 1956 movie Godzilla, and so mm-hmm. that's, that's what, what com- I would have assumed too. That's yeah. what comic books used to do. Is like this is issue zero or this is issue yes. minus one. But no, it yeah. turns out that uh, the meaning is that uh, Japan was at its lowest during World War II, and no, there's only one way you could get lower is to have Godzilla attack. And now <laughs> we're not Japan at zero. We're at Japan minus one. Which oh, it yes. would have been it would have made more sense if it was called Japan minus one because it wasn't Godzilla minus one. Godzilla was up. Like Godzilla yeah, was Well I'll 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 say this much. Spoiler alert for the end of this movie, they sure as hell minus one to a Godzilla in this bad boy. <laughs> yeah they did. But in uh, the, the opening scene which was like stands with uh so many Spielberg scenes, right? Uh, yes. just like a absolute monster attacking an island during a war where like soldiers think we should be worried about this but now we have to be worried about this he's or she's like kind of big kind of scary the size they normally are and i thought way scarier because that that version of godzilla could look at you as an individual and be like like, no i'm going to be like the fuck did you just say but then as the movie goes on uh he or she gets they get bigger and there's points where, like, he is walking through the city like I do post-Thanksgiving dinner. Just like, <laughs> oh, my God. So my tummy. My tum-tum. He's so big. He's so big. I, I, I To your, your question before, Ryan, about, like, what is horror, I feel no shame in calling this a horror movie because I think it goes back to – I think an earlier definition of horror before we got so uh, specific about differentiating, like it's a it's a monster movie. It's yeah. a yeah. you know the Swamp Thing's part of the 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 dark universe. He's up there with Dracula and all the others. Like if if we were at a blockbuster, I feel like this would be in horror. And also, yeah. uh, having seen it last night, um, every time you think Godzilla's about to come, uh, you know he's about to. Because he eats a fucking train car right into the scene, and I jumped every time. That's horror, baby. That's horror. And it, it, like, if you changed his name from Godzilla into the Blob, then right. and no one would be even having this discussion. It's like there, there's a class of horror movies that I think we just don't get anymore, which is right. there's a there's a big unknowable problem, and that's the horror, and we're just running from it. And, and- we, I think, we replaced that with like demons and and spooky shit that we weren't allowed to put on because of like moms against america or whatever it's also the american versions have been action movies so when you think of godzilla you don't think horror you think of like oh 18 faceless who gives a fuck people shooting at a thing yeah and And i i think like there's historically been some bits of the godzilla canon that are a little bit more on the campy side uh and so some people like his little turd brother Yes, his son little thing? his little turd. Yes, son of Godzilla. And Mike doesn't mean that like all little brothers are turds. This guy literally looks like a turd. He looks uh, like a poop with eyes. <laughs> I uh, I don't know how many times uh, we might say this throughout this episode, but for talk to me, and I know it's the number one seed. I left thinking the cliche thing of uh, I can't wait to see these filmmakers' next movie. 
because yeah. this one is a little it's a little loose and it's a little uh there's so much here there's obviously so much talent and power but like i'm gonna see the next one yeah well uh i think it is now time for us to have to vote so between talk to me and godzilla minus one which ones it's gonna be mike we'll start with you uh as we've learned throughout 70 years of godzilla movies it's hard to go up to godzilla and win and i think talk to me learn that lesson right now there we go we have one vote for godzilla minus one ryan which way are you going uh yeah i i fucking love this movie start to finish i i saw it with a friend and the friend commented uh afterwards like you know how you do that little like post theater talk about the movie uh he was like i have never seen you uh move around and cover your mouth and like jump like that before uh this movie's a blast um it's godzilla my smile although i will say talk to me never did the thing where it had a monster come down and bite you in half and then eat you but then we could still hear you scream (laughs) that's that's not gonna happen but yeah godzilla moves on (laughs) Yeah, uh, Godzilla. My vote does not count, but uh, I also would vote for Godzilla minus one. I am uh, known to be a sucker to uh, specifically a thing that will trigger me to cry is uh, uh, a band of normal people uh, coming together <laughs> against impossible odds uh, in the face of of uh, something that it's, will almost certainly destroy them to overcome it. And boy, oh boy, does this movie have that in space it's casablanca it's singing the french national anthem in casablanca like that scene is in this movie in a godzilla movie and it is like just as effective it works i i pumped my fist while crying it rules godzilla (laughs) minus one moves on uh we were going to take a quick little break and after that we will go on to our next matchup in round one your next battle is Imthregan, which I'm going to call Megan from now on, versus Old. When Evil Lurks. Megan is the story of a young roboticist who tries to get off taking care of her orphaned niece by instead leaving the parenting duties to an AI-powered doll that she has barely tested. And then things go exactly as you would expect, with the notable exception that the doll sings bulletproof at one point. When Evil Lurks details the attempt of members of a small town to escape or stop a demon seed from birthing a demon into the world, while anyone contacting those possessed by the demon also become possessed in what may or may not be a metaphor to a certain virus Hmm, that's been familiar lately. (laughs) Ryan, do you think the memification of Megan helps or hinders it in a bracken all about serious spooks and scares? I think that it, it helps my favorite thing which is the lifeblood of theaters. I really want movie theaters to exist for our children. Um, yes. And if you have to do to your movies what they did for Megan, that's cool. But like this was a huge, huge deal. And it was a Halloween costume and talk shows, which are as irrelevant as movie theaters, were also <laughs> like making jokes all the time. And I love the fact that this came out. I think that... Like going to see Megan was in theaters was in some ways what I wanted, what I wished I saw with Barbarian. Like maybe not Rocky Horror, but like it was a blast to go see this in movies, and I love yes. that. I love that. But I wonder, how, seeing it not in theaters, seeing it post all the memification, is it just a mediocre movie? I, I well, I think mediocre is extremely strong. Uh, I think I think it is a 
good, effective horror movie. I'm sorry. I think M3 Dioker movie. <laughs> there we oh, go. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I do think, I think it is a good movie that I think it, sometimes I think people have trouble, especially I think in a bracket like this, like, and it being up against like when evil lurks, like Megan has a bunch of like, honest to God, like jokes. Like it has yeah. like, com- com- like it is almost 50% a comedy in some ways. So I think it's like, it's, it's not only, is it good as a horror movie, but also is it good as a comedy? So it's like, if you're setting your bar and clearing your bar, it set two bars for itself. And like the other thing too, and I think this is included in what you said, Taylor, but like just to add a third, maybe thing is like, this is a movie ass movie. Like it, Ha- like uh, the paradigm of like what a movie is supposed to be it follows exactly like it just knows what movies are supposed to do and then does it and kills yeah. it the entire uh, yeah kills it the entire time and i like i like that about it is like megan never surprised me but every every moment i was like fucking movies man i fucking love yeah movies. Fucking movies rule one of the smartest things it did and it feels like i haven't seen a horror movie follow this formula and i love this formula so well is the first couple times she kills or hurts somebody you are on megan's right. side even we all know it's gonna yes. go bad but fuck that little bully kid and fuck that shitty neighbor right so when megan attacks them you're like yeah i'm on team megan right now <laughs> yeah it's it's an effective movie that gets you to like root for like i just last night watched uh hider in the house which is a movie starring gary Busey, where he builds himself a room in someone else's attic uh <laughs> But like he like that movie is from the viewpoint of Gary Busey and it puts you on his side. And that's like what Megan does where it's like, yeah, I'm kind of on her side a little bit. Like it's not good to murder, but like some kids kind of deserve it. Especially because uh, I really like Allison Williams's entire career. I was going to say post girls, but she is embraced being like, I will only play unlikable twats Mm -hmm. in her like in every role she takes. And she owns it and owns it so well. Like, she is just a human being. We should be on her side. But she's kind of shitty in this movie. So you're like, yeah, I mean, I don't want Megan to kill her, but maybe teach her some lessons. She's shitty, but she's yeah. not like, get out. No, oh, you're she's right. not evil. Right. She's just shitty like we all are. Uh, yeah. Taylor, here's a story about me and Mike. One time I went up to Mike and I was like, you know, this is kind of a secret. Don't tell anybody. But, you know, I think it's kind of hot is Allison Williams. <laughs> And he freaked out. He was like, one of the most beautiful people that I've ever seen. Oh, you think she's hot? Oh, way to go. Yeah, I have to say I'm on Mike's side on that. Like, that's such an insane thing for you to say. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't want anybody this is, to know. This, this is going to be weird, but I find one of the most beautiful yeah. people on the face of the planet attractive. I, I think Gen she's pretty. Z's Liv Tyler is a little hot. Oh, man. What she could do in an Aerosmith video. Guys, just imagine. <laughs> or at a record yeah, store I, called Empire Records. Sorry, Taylor. Uh, I I think Megan is like, uh, it's it's so weird because it almost doesn't feel like it came out in this year because yeah. like the me- the meme started in twenty twenty like it was a twenty twenty two Halloween costume like before the movie came out Be- because they had a great trailer and then a yes. thing that I hate in comedies but like and most horror I would hate too but they showed us the dance hallway yes and. Normally, everybody laughs at the comedy, at the joke they saw in the trailer, and that's annoying the theater. But everybody whooped and cheered, and it did not hurt that scene at all. It was so great. And also, Ronnie Chung played such a good, shitty tech bro yeah. uh, oh. in this. Nobody he was, nobody our age has never not worked with Ronnie Chung from that movie. Like yes. We've all <laughs> had to deal with that. You know who else has a great trailer? Allison Williams. Goddamn. <laughs> 
You mean yeah, super that, dunk. Yeah, that is that is true. I there's something about just the way that they made Megan move. Yes. In the movie that is so like I, I can't remember the name of the person who did like the the physical Amy uh, Donald. Diane Warren. Yes. Um we're all but, like, different names. <laughs> yeah, Allison Williams. Uh but but just like the the physicality of it where it is like okay, this is a robot, but also this is like a weird little girl. Like the moment where Megan decides to run and gets on all fours yes. is such a, like, that's a choice that you only make if you've been hanging out with people who have be- been building robots <laughs> and you see like what the fucking Boston Dynamics people are actually coming up with. Like that's, that's like, that that's a thing that a lesser movie would just have her run like the Terminator because every robot, that since the Terminator has run like the Terminator. Also, I, but it's so much creepier. I was on a podcast one time. I cannot remember right. the two hosts, what their names were, but uh, they talked about robots and movies and how mistreated they were. And we got this a little bit with like Ex Machina, which is one of my favorite movies. But like when you watch not just Allison Williams, but Ronnie, Ronnie Chung and everybody like treat Megan this way you're like mm-hmm. fuck them and hell yeah robots because they're like shut the fuck up megan we will tell you when to eat soup or whatever and i think that helps so much of like that whole not godzilla minus one but other godzilla things of like go godzilla i'm rooting for the monster right now and i think that helps megan so much like when she kills dogs and children yeah speaking of killing dogs and children we haven't talked about when evil lurks a whole lot all right. Uh, which Ryan, this is this is your pick, and it made it. It's the only one of our picks that made it onto this round of the the bracket. So here is my thing. So we 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 sort of did this, but talk to me in Godzilla minus one. Uh, I'm going to do this now. Uh, there is noticeably no Cassie, Mac, or Caitlin on this episode. They refuse mm-hmm. to watch these, and I think that's dumb. And I think horror has so much to offer. And when I watch something like Megan, I'd be like, you guys would actually love this movie. And then when I watch something like When Evil Lurks, I'm saying, uh, no, I get why you guys don't. Like, this movie is punishingly gross and awful. Yeah. It, the, like, f- from, like, right near the get-go, when there's an axe involved at a, at oh, a yeah, time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, but not even that, just like a... Uh, 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 fucking farm animal that won't break eye contact. Yeah, that's scarier to me. Man and goat. I love goats, but they're terrifying. Men Who Stare at Goats was one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. <laughs> and the goats who stare back. Uh, I mean, did you guys find this uh, ed- edutainment? Like, was there a thing that was being said? Or what I, was this like, let's see what the set pieces we can do on this budget? Here's how yeah. successful I think this movie was. Is I didn't even think about COVID until you guys said it 20 minutes ago. I didn't either. Yeah. When we started talking, I like, I, I, God, just I, didn't, I was either. just like, it's, what uh, a I, fun horror movie. I think the only reason I really put it together was I like did a bare amount of research and saw, like, I saw like a thing that's like, they started writing it in 2021. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, so they're, they're thinking about COVID. And like, it was just like, a, you know, anytime they encounter someone else, it becomes yeah. a thing like but i i agree with you like i don't think it was like extremely obvious and they weren't like making a statement about it i no. think it, that was just sort of one of those things where it's like hey 
this thing that we're going through gave me an idea and it doesn't have to be about that, but it can be like, this is an effective way of making yes. like a, a, a story run. And just like, there's, there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. And sometimes it has to do with religion, but ultimately like get your fucking loved ones as fucking far away as possible from the bad stuff. I, with horror movies, there is the thing that I have where like, uh, you know, Megan is something that I could recommend to, non-horror fans when evil lurks when it comes on there are subtitles and i'm like fuck yes like (laughs) this is not american this is something that is going to do stuff that i'm not that's not predictable you know and like so much of the stuff that happened from and like i i I don't think this is a widely seen movie so like i don't want to spoil a ton but like the axe thing that we talked about, the, uh, where cars run into and what happens when cars <laughs> run into them. What happens when dogs exist? Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> I gasped. I watched the movie alone and gasped. I uh, I don't know if I cried harder than in any of our like uh, best movies of the year bracket than I did when a dog just decides, hey, this toddler's face is mine now. There's certain things American movies just won't do. Right. And it's yeah. that. And this, this movie walked it back, right? Like, Oh, but it didn't happen. Uh, because, but no. but still, given its own rules, yeah, we had to sit there and I, I like I don't want to just say that this movie is Faces of Death. Like it, it's not just a series of horrifying no. things. But I well, I, I think they balance it so well. Be it's also hard to recommend to a lot of people. I think because it is a quiet, character-driven movie. Yes. Yeah. So it's if you're gonna get bored by that, and then you're gonna be stunned by the gore every once in a while, like it. It is a hard needle to thread to who you're going to recommend this you, to. You know what I thought? Just you two. That's it. You know what <laughs> yeah, I thought like, watching this it. movie is I think this movie is what people thought uh, that A24 movie, uh, It Comes at Night, was going to be based on the trailer. Uh-huh. And, it's, and it's not. And it's That movie is not this because there is almost no horror to it. It is entirely a slow character-driven movie that has one creepy dream sequence. That was a horror trailer. It was a horror trailer. This is the horror movie that people were signing up for when they went and saw that movie, and it makes me think they should they should have made that movie earlier. <laughs> but this this lead character, uh, the guy with the beard who has a brother who's kind of I don't know dumb or like he's just like he uh, fucks around and like not serious about life. But the the bearded lead, Pedro, Pedro, his name. Um, without the movie ever saying it, and with all of these demons and hives and, like, uh, zits from hell and uh, that are popping up all over the city, uh, he clearly was a bad father, was a bad husband. Yes. He has a temper. He clearly screamed at, in the, in the way in the past, before the movie takes place, he clearly screamed to the point where he cut himself out of everybody's life. And yes. now, uh, Boy Who Cried Wolf, when he's trying to do this, he has no choice but to go back to the temper, and everybody's like, you're a fucking... I thought it was so well done. It well, It's such a new... So often in horror movies, the main characters are dumb because that services the movie, but it, there's no point in it, and he is dumb in a, such a realistic way. Where And here's why I guess it, it could, the COVID analogy can go is he knows the rules and still will forget how seriously he should take them or he can get angry enough to ignore them. Right. Or when, like, I don't know, a woman who is an expert tells him what to do, he just doesn't listen. It's like it's like telling uh, your family members, no, 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 if you vote this way, it will be the end of democracy. But you're so loud and so annoying about it that people don't believe you. Yeah, he – and I, I guess I didn't think his brother was that big of a fuck-up. I thought his brother was fine except for standing by him so much. Yeah. 
Well, speaking of uh, which way to vote and being loud and wrong, uh, <laughs> we need to vote on this matchup. We are voting on M. Thregan versus When Evil Lurks. Ryan, I'll start with you on this one. Which way are we going? <laughs> I'm going to do the reverse of what I did last time. I think that Godzilla minus one. No, actually, no, that's the more iconic movie, I think. By the end of 2023, then that was more iconic than Talk to Me. Uh, when Evil Lurks has no chance of touching Megan's like uh, thumbprint on yeah. culture. But I have to go with you When Evil Lurks here. Just like, oh. yeah. You don't think we're going to be see a bunch of sexy The Rottens from When Evil Lurks next year, Halloween? Uh, you're looking at one, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I know you from. Did I look familiar uh, Mike, in that movie? <laughs> Mike, which way are you going on this matchup? Yeah, I, I, M3Gin was a blast and a half. It's it's put butts in seats, but When Evil Lurks is a legitimate great movie. Yeah, uh, well, my vote does not count. When Evil Lurks will be moving on. Uh, for, for my piece, this one is pretty close for me because I... I love a, a little robot doll singing Bulletproof, but sure. I I do actually think when Evil Lurks would have edged it out for me as well. Uh, and Ryan, thank you for, for submitting this onto the bracket. Uh, what, a, what a good pick. I can't believe that it wasn't already on it is honestly where I'm yeah. at. It was so close, and I am legitimately sorry as I am appreciative of your thanks. This movie is awful to watch. Uh, all right, well, when Evil Lurks will move on, we will take another break, and after that we will move on to our third matchup of round one all right your next matchup is knock at the cabin versus scream six knock knock who's there it's the latest film from m night Shyamalan, a single location suspense thriller about a vacationing family getting tied up by four strangers until they have to willingly sacrifice one of them or else the world will end or so they say Scream 6 is the latest entry in the Scream franchise and the first to not have Nev Campbell, letting the new generation of protagonists stretch their legs far from Woodsboro in New York City where, and you are not going to believe this, there is another ghost face killer on the loose coming for them. What? I know. Astounding. Mike, which extra cinematic hurdle is bigger? Being the first in a franchise without your lead, or being associated with M. Night Shyamalan, and do we think both movies clear those hurdles effectively? Ooh, what is the bigger hurdle? I think... I gotta talk this out, right? I'm not gonna answer yeah. right away. I think M. Night Shyamalan is in a weird Shyamalanaissance. Uh, yeah, people don't hate him as much as they once did. No, but he, he's but. not Nolan anymore. No. Right? Like, he will open very low-budget movies quite to, to, to good box office, but it's not, like, yes. unbreakable signs. Like, he's not Christopher Nolan anymore. Yeah. But I think there's he, a freedom in that for him. Sure. Yes. Uh, he's Mike, not when you said, I'm going to talk this out, can we, me and Taylor, also help you talk this yeah, out? Yeah, let's talk okay. this out together. Uh, and, and I especially think, since the beach that makes you go old, yes. people, it's either you legit loved it or you love the memification of it, and then... Split was amazing. Glass was uh, so like at this point, I no longer am like. Here's what you know you're gonna get from him. It could be great. It could be boring, uh, but, but it's never gonna be boring. Despite the thing I just said, <laughs> he's also noticing uh, the smile, Megan. Yes, horrification of the box office of like, oh wait, so like I could just ask for twenty five million dollars yes. and be a hit, and like 
instead of trying to make three or four hundred million dollars with this movie, maybe I'll yeah. just make like The Visit, which is one I skipped, where yeah, like kids go to the grandparents and like that's all I do. That sucks. Yeah, go to your grandparents is horrifying. <laughs> Uh, and also, I, I think it's so wise to use your budget and be like, okay, your biggest actors, your biggest three actors in this seven-actor movie are a former wrestler, a former Harry Potter kid, and the King George from Hamilton. Uh, it's yeah. These are talented actors who aren't going to cost me that much. Dave Bautista right. legit is the biggest name in this movie. And and you know what? Dave Bautista is so good at acting. Oh, I like, fucking love him. He's. I think he is what The Rock thought he was going to be at the beginning yeah. of his career but like dave bautista is like doing it he makes choices yes. while he's acting which the other wrestler actors uh, don't do despite being a reverse funko doll uh, <laughs> uh yeah like uh the way that he acted in this movie because you you watch it and you're like oh drax okay so right. that's the one thing you yeah. can do is drax or you know the rock like man I've I've never been more angry at The Rock than listening to the two of you talk about Dave Bautista. Fuck The Rock. <laughs> Dave Bautista is it. Yeah. yeah. He, in this movie, holy shit. Like, if there was a weird wrinkle in the Oscars where he was like, they fudged him for like a Best Supporting Actor nomination yes. even though he was the lead, I would have no problem with this movie. Yeah. With that happening. It's He's so good. And uh, like... He, this role, I feel like he got plucked out of his small role at the beginning of Blade Runner 2049. Yes. yes. And I think the thing that I love about these roles that he does is, and maybe this is just me picking up on two data points, but he loves to have tiny little tiny, glasses. Tiny little glasses. <laughs> tiny little glasses on his on his big body and, and use them in such an effective way. It's just like... The, the tiny little glasses, it's the signifier and the signified. He, yes. his, he is the size he is, and he's covered in muscles and tattoos. He is a man who had violence in his past, but the tiny little glasses let you know that he doesn't want that anymore. And I think it's, <laughs> yes. very, it's very affecting, and both these characters fully embody that relationship with violence. It's not it's just so, that, but it's like, so good. This whole movie is about. And I got to be honest, before I watched it, I was like, Taylor, you're a fucking moron. This movie's stupid. Uh, I love to prejudge movies, and I have a lot of I have a lot of bad things to say about this movie, but I have mostly good things. Um, him, the the whole movie is about like you have to get these two, this couple, right, uh, and their daughter to believe in what the uh, quote unquote bad guys are saying. Uh, they have to believe it, and the audience has to believe it. And Dave Bautista comes in and says, like, No, I I know it's weird to say. I was a third grade teacher. It's like, no, uh, no, I'm not believing it like this. But like, you I think that's why they threw in and bartender. <laughs> and bartender. But like uh, 15 minutes later, I'm like, oh, he would be the, I would send my third grader to his class, even though he carries around yes. a giant metal uh, taped up stick. The most ridiculous, but there's a lot of ridiculous parts of this movie, but one of the most yeah. ridiculous is that this weird four person cult each had to, as if they had the powers of Breath of the Wild, make their own, mm-hmm. uh, or Tears of the Kingdom, make their own fucking weapons. Yes, just by gluing shit together. It's they have to glue they have to glue shit together, and, and they're like, I just kept seeing it, and I had to make it. Like that's that's such a weird detail to throw in for like, yeah, no payoff, but it is very effective. But no, it like what it does is it makes it feel. Uh, like there's nothing scarier than the past. Like right. this, this is like a thing that happens every century or so or whatever. And like, 
I don't know if it's from God or from the devil or just from like the past, but like they have to make weapons like this. We're modern people, right? We can turn on the news. This isn't like the village where we're going to trick you about when this takes place, but also there's some old school biblical yes. shit in this yeah. and that's taping metal to metal. <laughs> I will say like, I loved this movie. I watched it multiple times uh, after it came out um, just cause it's, it's, it's really fun. There is about 90 total seconds of this movie that if I could take out, I think it would be, it would go up like an entire star. Can we uh, guess? Uh, yes, please guess. Mike, do you want to go first? No, you may guess first. Uh, I almost uh, did this whole podcast with a drop pad. So when we started talking about Knock at the Cabin, um, I would turn um, uh, that shoes. boogie shoes on and off every time Taylor talked on and off, on the, and off. The end. The That felt like a joke the actors were playing on the director. Yes. <laughs> uh, but I honestly, that part. I fucking loved like it because it I I truly do believe like I think they just lit that scene run and let the actors do whatever they thought and I'm would always make sense. I always fall into the trap of uh, all characters are the director's like inside out characters you know like th- this is his anger that like every filmmaker is like uh, filling the movie with his head characters mm-hmm. and. M. Night at this point was like, I don't know whether to have a song or not. I don't know what to do. Back and forth, back and forth. And just had the characters just do it for him. <laughs> my, 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 my issues. No, uh, the, the 90 seconds that I would remove is uh, the bit where they explain the wh- who the people are. Yes. Yeah. Th- yes. Thank you. Because it, especially one, the explanation stupid. But Jonathan Groff yes. is like, uh, well, Redford is malice because he once gay bashed us. Uh, this person's healing. This person's guidance, this person's nurturing. You know, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, bitch. There's actually four horsemen of the apocalypse, and they don't yes. align to the shit it's, you uh, just said. That was that was my one problem. So it's of all, dumb it, and wrong. Yes. It, like, f- yeah, first of all, it feels like you didn't tr- – it, it feels like that you didn't trust the audience to get what they were doing. And I was like, you believe in yourself. You did a good job. It's obvious they're like – the people like we can we can read into that but also it seemed like they were inverting each of the four horsemen of the apocalypse because it's like nurturing instead of famine like healing instead of plague like that thing but then they kept malice yeah and which i guess is war yeah it's it's like that's not if you're gonna invert them invert all of them i would have preferred they just not because it's it's clear like what's going on but then we can read more yeah, into it you don't need it to allude to that stu- yeah. yeah, it becomes stupider when you explain it. So it, th- there's like that, like 60 seconds. If I could remove that 60 seconds, I think it would be like, I, I would have almost no complaints about the film. On Like, who does that remind you of, though? What? We just talked about him. Like, uh, when we were talking about how M. Night is not Christopher Nolan. Nolan. Not, yeah, like, he is capable of some of the best scenes or segments. He's M Knight still is just like Christopher Nolan, but when it comes to making a full story, like he can't fucking do it. And mm-hmm. that the first, uh, I'm gonna say like eight minutes of just Dave Bautista sitting down with a little girl and saying, "I'm your friend. Here's what's gonna happen." That that should Terrifying. be on. That alone should be on the bracket for the best movies of the year. Yeah, yes. that like that was horrifying and engaging, and I couldn't 
turn the movie off at that point. Like, I would have been pissed off if, like, the electricity went out in the theater or whatever. Like, I was in. But movies need a story. They need an act one, act two, act three. And this is something that they uh, they can't. They just want to make music videos that are movies, not tell full stories. And you just Jonathan Groff, an actor that I really like, going from uh, King George to Mindhunter, him expositioning Barf, just throwing up exposition was insane. And I, I think the I, we're not supposed to be like it would be better if the movies did this, but we're already we've opened that door, so we're doing it. Uh, having one of the four characters be connected to your past and never really explaining it is a bafflingly creative choice to me. But I, possibly I too. get that. I, I sort of get it because I think it's used for the purposes of like introduce, trying to introduce a question of like right. whether or but not this we is have real to be or in if suspense. this is like... If, I, yeah. I guess if Ratchet, even if one more was somewhere in their past, then... Like I guess I wanted some of the old Shyamalan where the movie ends. I'm like I don't know. Yeah, if and these were four yeah. crazy people or not. But no, though this movie ends and you go they they definitely yeah. a thousand percent stop the apocalypse. I look yes. it up uh, in the book that it's based on. Um, the daughter gets hit by a stray bullet halfway through the oh. book Oof. and is dead. And then uh, when the final guy, do you recognize the guy that's not Jonathan Groff, Mike? Uh, no. That is Thomas Wayne, Bruce Wayne's father from Pennyworth. Just saying, oh, of really? course. Uh, yeah. The story of Batman's butler. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he drives away at the end of the book not knowing whether or not they had any control. And in the movie, it's all very clear. These yeah. people were in control. Yeah, which is – it would have also been more powerful and connected to that, and I would not want them to explain it ever. But the grasshoppers in the jar is is clearly being like, is that all we fucking are? Right. Yeah. And so that I guess I'm glad they didn't. But by being like, no, it was definitely the apocalypse. It takes, yeah, it takes some power yeah. out. They've ruined it. Yeah, and, and like, uh, the guy that made Funny Games, one and two. Oh, what is starring Michael Pitt? What is his freaking name? Dutch McDutcherson. That <laughs> Michael that Haneke. Michael Haneke. Haneke right? Thank you. Uh, that would have been a different movie, and it would have been way more questions and way yes. worse to watch. Like, not as fun to watch, but like. At the end of this, I was just trying to like clamor and grab onto the scenes that I loved because there were so many. Well, uh, we do need to talk about Scream Six. Any anything to say about that? I, I feel like we had much to say about Knock at the Cabin. I uh, I was pretty down on Scream Five. Yeah. Uh, as a as a big Scream fan, uh, I was like, eh. But Scream Six. I fucking loved. I enjoyed it. Taking Ghostface to New York, people like rolled their eyes. Not get, bring me Ghostface. Ghostface in the ISS. Like let's keep doing. Yeah. Let's or make him. Jason make him went, the new Jason. Jason yeah. went to Manhattan. That means scream Ghostface in space soon. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. ISS scream the International X. Space Station. Oh, I thought you said ISIS. I'm sorry. No, that'd but be Ghostface nice. and ISIS. Also, ghostface also, and ISIS. also Send Ghostface to ISIS. Let's see he, what he can do over there. He maybe maybe he can solve some. Maybe he can solve some problems. He's the hero of the franchise now. Uh, and uh, was this uh, at the end? It was Dermot Mulroney. If we Dermot Mulroney, not Dylan McDermott. Uh, love Dermot Mulroney. Uh huh. <laughs> Man, that is a hard name to say. 
Uh, the, the, the the new kids and half of which we've lost uh, for the, the the new version that's coming out in Scream Seven. Yeah, there um, might not be another Scream movie. Oh no, <laughs> we we need to take another like ten year break because yes. this shit the wheels came off. But they, I, I I liked them a lot. I mean the, the actresses, the two sisters are great, and the also it was in the trailer, but I think it was so effective in the trailer and in the movie is Ghostface moving his way through the subway as the lights flicker on and off, is one of the coolest set pieces in the entire franchise. Yeah. Okay, so where I'm at right now, and I, I did like this screen movie too. I thought that five and six were fine. I think I watched them back to back because people were talking about them, and you know I love the first one so much, So and I skipped three and four, so let's watch five. You skipped five the baby six. bangs? I think so. Um, where I'm at right now is Scream 6 was so average and then knock at the cabin yeah. did so much good better than scream and worse than scream depending mm. on the scene that we're talking about and that's that's why we have the bracket yeah it's i feel my feeling on scream six is i also was not the biggest fan of scream five i think scream six was better than five definitely it's it uh, this is a the hard thing about a movie that's in a franchise is it's still hard for me to like we're supposed to just compare it against Knock at the Cabin, but right. I'm also in my mind comparing yeah, it to for sure. I the mean, first Scream. And I, it, I would say if you have to, and this is impossible, uh, only compared to the the new trilogy, even though four shouldn't count. But six, I do think one, two, and three are in a separate, basically universe than four, five, and six. Yeah, well, yeah, four is sort of it, I, four is not really related to five and six either. Four Except is sort of that, its own thing. It's its own thing. I do think four does stuff five try to do better. Uh, yes, I agree. But six, I'd say it's connected because Kirby came back, and I fucking love. Is that Hayden Panettiere? I love uh, that she. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. I was a huge fan of her in four and in Heroes, and I was pumped she was back in this movie. I I, I watched Heroes season one, and I was a fan. But is there a point like where you just? stop knowing how to act like she came in and she was like breaks hello i'm in a scream movie and i think you take long breaks and people tell you it's like riding a bicycle and don't tell you that sometimes you fall instantly into the curb in traffic when you're on that bicycle yeah all right speaking of falling into the curb on a bicycle we have to vote guys so knock at the cabin versus scream mike i'm gonna start with you which way are we voting this is so hard like if I'm too up on Scream, I'm going to blame it because I love the franchise. And if I'm too down on Scream, I'm going to blame it because I'm too much of a fit. It's very difficult to figure out. Uh, but I will say the movie that I think I will continue to think about more uh, is Knock at the Cabin. All right. We have one vote for Knock at the Cabin. Ryan, which way are we going? So if I tie them, like... Scream is always two and a half, and sometimes Knock at the Cabin is two or three, but uh, eventually they're tied. I want to uh, then look at the future of film, and what I want from the future of film is not Scream five and six back to back in two years. That's fucking stupid. I'm going, Taylor, and I cannot believe I'm saying this. Knock at the fucking cabin. Let's go, gang. Once once more... My vote does not count on this one, but I also would have voted for Knock at the Cabin. I had a blast with this movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it, if you stayed away from it because you saw M. Night Shyamalan or because it has a unassuming title, go see it. Dave Bautista's great. The little girl's great. Great movie. Knock at the Cabin will be moving on. We'll be taking a little break, and then we will move on to our final matchup of round one. 
Your final matchup of round one is Evil Dead Rise versus Infinity Pool. It's the battle of the films that make me personally say, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> Evil Dead Rise is the latest entry in the Evil Dead franchise, following a family trapped in an apartment building after an earthquake and some real bad demon possession goes on. After the teens find a certain book of the dead, which you really should know not to read from if you've seen other movies. Infinity Pool follows a washed-up writer who kills a guy on vacation, but learns about the island's extremely chill, clone yourself and then kill that guy policy <laughs> that allows him to get a buy one, get one free voucher for murder. Discovering a seedy underground of rich tourists who do this regularly and exploring the limits of human depravity in the process. Ryan, both of these films have a lot of time dedicated to the destruction of human bodies, but from two very different vibes. Are they both successful in what they are aiming for? And do you prefer one over the other? <laughs> uh, I should eventually figure out which one I prefer over the other. Yes. That is part well, of Well, you don't job. have to d decide which movie you prefer, but the vibes, uh, maybe. The vibes, man, I can't, I don't know because these are both my shits. I would say that this is my finals. If I can, is that weird to, re uh, that's, to reveal that's that? That's so, to me personally, that's so fucking insane for you to say. <laughs> Okay, I asked if it was weird to say, and Taylor let me know that yes, it's it's weird to say. But to me personally, uh, these are my two jams because one um, is just uh, so. Uh, w uh, give me a movie. Let's uh, Jurassic uh, World, Chinatown. Okay, give me one of these two movies. You fucking idiots! The two oh. Jakes. <laughs> Evil Which Dead right Rise. Between Evil Dead Rise. These two movies. Evil I Dead thought you meant the two movies we had just said. <laughs> we're playing that game where we both say a, a movie at the same time and try to get the same one. Uh, Evil Dead Rise is my favorite horror movie of the year. Favorite is different than best, but my favorite horror movie of the year because that is the mo this is the movie that um, not only did I grow up a hardcore fan of the first two and not the third one. Oh, that's another thing I said on the tape yeah. that was lost so you're allowed to repeat yourself is that i'm not an army of darkness person but i am a huge evil dead and evil dead 2 fan uh, and then was there a couple in between army of darkness and this it's, one? there was the 2013 remake okay there, Which or reboot bummed people out because it wasn't funny at all but it was a just a solid horror movie yes it, and it's, i think it's gotten more uh recognition in the years since and was that the blair witch 2 directors it uh maybe that can't question mark shadows Book of Shadows? I'm sorry, Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows? Uh, this is the movie, this is the horror movie that I watched, and I was the loudest whilst being alone. So, yeah. poor decisions, awful, awful set pieces. This was the movie, uh, despite what Sam Raimi did, which, like, I don't really attach to this, right? Like, uh, Sam no. Raimi came up with the phrase, evil, dead. And that that's what this movie is. And, like, the lore. Right. But then, like, why would you open that book? Why would you go in that elevator? Why would you be well, in this building? This was he has the that haircut, so he's going to do a lot of dumb things. <laughs> Fucking, uh, this is the movie that kept me uh, edge of my seat, paid for the whole recliner that I own, only used the edge, and then was like literally shouting out loud, which I do think horror movies are supposed to elicit a little right. bit. Right, and yeah. it gave the phrase, uh, again, great. There are a year of good horror trailers as well. as uh, yeah. But in that voice, doing, Mommy's with the maggots now. <laughs> Oh, Which might be so good. said to my dog on a nearly daily basis. Yeah, I also I think this is one of the best like 
title reveals of a movie this year. Like, like I, I, not to discredit the rest of the movie. The rest of the movie is very good. I think about that so much more than I think about the rest of the movie. And like, it's, it's hard. It's hard to top. It's so fucking good. Like the opening of this film, this movie also had a thing too, where it got me to the point where I didn't mind, um, uh, like uh, where things just happen to happen or uh, where, oh, it's almost the ending and so we need stuff. You know, that like there was happenstance and there was... Uh, the video gamification of movies. A right. Little. Like, oh man, there's a fucking demon in this parking lot. Oh, there's a uh, woodcutter garbage truck. Fuck yeah. yes, movie. Like all of that yeah, just absolutely. worked in such a way. And like the reason that I think that this movie worked because of that is because they also had the... Uh, fortitude to kill off major characters. So, like, yes, yes you you did yes. find that garbage truck at the end, but also you watched your mom die, you watched a sibling die. Like, you deserve it at this point. Two siblings. Only one of the three survived. Your entire floor. I also, it was a very funny, and, like, not the same kind of funny as the old Evil Dead movies. Uh, the rest of the apartment was just fine. And so the whole night, they're like, oh, our neighbors are being so loud upstairs. <laughs> like hitting, yeah. hitting the ceiling with a broom. <laughs> Shut up. Stop partying. Yeah, that was honestly like such a good... I, I really liked that shift from... Like most Evil Dead movies are, ah, we're in a remote cabin and and we're having to deal with all this stuff. Setting it in an apartment building, but just you can't use the elevator is such a it's yes. it's honestly a funny idea, but it yeah. works so well. It, it's because safety is so close. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but uh, and it's like if they could just jump out the window, it would be fine. I, I loved the first two movies because uh the same reasons that I love the first two Spider-Man movies. And I'm a big defender of the second Doctor Strange movie. Is that yeah. like there's a filmmaker whose sensibilities like I really gel with. And for this movie to uh repeat the lore and the title, but not his sensibilities because you're not him. Like yeah. it's it's time for us to set up our own thing and not do a and the I don't know if the 2013 did anything Sam Raimi whatsoever. Not no. at all. Yeah, no, I think you would dig really. it. I think you would dig it because it's similarly dark. Yeah, like yeah. It's a, this Evil Dead Rise feels like the bridge movie between the 2013 and the originals. Like the like the 2013 is very like what if it was all of the like fucked up shit, but like turt like but not a Looney blood, Tunes cartoon. Uh, the blood to eleven like. Uh, makes make me want to leave the theater because so much stuff happens to like fingers and toes. <laughs> That's the most horrifying thing anybody said <laughs> on the side. And you know what? Like maybe I happen to watch the evil dead sequel sequel. Uh, maybe the exorcist sequel was also really good or whatever, but like, this is the one that I watched and this is the one that I love. Yeah. Yeah. The exorcist sequel so, was not even in the top 16, by the way. No, like, come on. It was no. not. We all, because it wasn't yeah, good. Let it move on. Um, S- do you guys think it's fucked up that so this movie was directed by uh, Lee Cronin, and then Infinity <laughs> Pool is Brian Cronenberg? What, what what are the Cronins up to, and why are they all so fucked up? So did Lee Cronin just not want to be as Jewish? He cut off the Berg. He cut off yeah, the Berg. he Nick Caged it. I don't think they're related at all. Uh, Nick Cage no. Berg. Well, speaking of Infinity Pool, Ryan, we've we've talked about Evil Dead Rise. Uh, I'm gonna throw you a different movie, Infinity Pool. <laughs> okay. 
I, I also thought this movie was amazing, and I think that is – and uh, what my decision is right now is uh, to figure out if that's because – and everything must be a binary, as you guys know, because of Brandon Cronenberg or Mia Goth. And I don't think we should ever have a horror bracket again for the rest of our lives without Mia Goth represented somewhere. I don't think we will. Uh, <laughs> she is – She knows her thing. Uh, in What's-His-Name's – third thing. Ty West? Is yeah, Ty, Ty West. West uh, the Pearlverse? The, the porno. Like, it takes place in uh, the world of porn next year, so I, I'm almost guaranteeing that's going to win next year. Uh, Mia Goth is a uh, singular talent in that uh, I don't know if what she's doing is like acting, acting, or if she's just fucking going a little bit crazy. I've heard no, do you know what's messed up? When she talks in her real voice, it's terrifying in a completely different way than she is on screen. So she, she sounds like a possessed doll. So she could terrify in both ways. Yes. Country and Western. Um, I think that the thing with Infinity Pool is a, a little bit like the thing with Evil Dead, is that uh, Evil Dead, how much are you trying to make a name for yourself or be Sam Raimi? And then it's really hard. I don't know if you guys saw Possession. I didn't see that movie, but I know that it was much more heralded than Infinity Pool. Brandon Cronenberg, how much are you trying to make a name for yourself or like do your dad shit? And mm -hmm. that thought crossed my mind a lot more than I thought it would throughout Infinity Pool. I, yes. I learned there was a younger Cronenberg during this movie. <laughs> I just thought uh, David, his output was a lot more than he ever actually. Oh, was. another Cronenberg. Yeah. Oh. It's, uh, uh, some people have said like, oh yeah, David's like really... He's trying to differentiate his work from his father's, but it sort of feels like that uh, documentary now bit with the bowlers, where he's like, "My dad was a was a was a real bowler, so I became the opposite of that, a rebel bowler." <laughs> like that's da that's still David bowling, Cronenberg. Yeah, like I, he's st he's still doing the Cronenberg yes. thing, but putting like a twist on it. It's yeah, not I, the opposite. Brandon, it, it definitely draws the the comparisons. Brandon the younger Cronenberg is to David as Joe Hill is to Stephen King. It's, I would not be doing what I do if my dad didn't exist. I'm just playing with the sandbox he built, and I'm also pretty good at it. And I love Joe yes. Hill because uh, Joe Hill was like, I'm going to change my name. I don't want to use that King last name. I'm going to be Joe Hill, son of Stephen King. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Call me Joe Hill because my dad's Stephen yeah. King. Uh, but I... Uh, my thing with Infinity Pool, and this is just this is a me personal thing. I I think that the the Cronenberg, uh, younger or older, what they're doing is cool. I'm glad it exists for other people. Uh, <laughs> I don't like to see it. Yeah. I don't like to be involved with it. It's not. It doesn't doesn't make me feel good, and it not in a way that sometimes I like to not feel good. If that makes sense. Uh, it, it's just some things don't have to be for me. I, I I get what you're saying to a point, but also this is one of those movies that every few years they're like, people are vomiting out of the theaters because of this movie. It's so intense. And so when I watched it, I was like, that movie was fine. And then yeah. it's rethinking about stuff and being like, no, oh, fuck that. Fuck that scene. But like, so no movie will ever make you vomit because it's so scary. Shut up. Yes. But <laughs> yes, body horror is on full display. And I think this is another one where it walks the line very well of like, this movie's about something. Hey, you rich white tourist fucks, maybe think about what you're doing to the people when you go on vacation. But my issue with Infinity Pool, as opposed to, if I can bring up Crimes of the Future. You can. A movie from last year directed by his dad. 
Infinity Pool seems like it is about everything and nothing and too many things and a bunch of scripts thrown together. I really like the look of the movie, and I think he's a very talented filmmaker. But Crimes of the Future was so much, again, and I'm sorry, it's his dad, but like so much more fucked up without ever going as gory or as... Well, there's some like, I'm going to sew an ear onto your nipple. So like there is yeah. some fucked up shit, but like so there's some sexy stuff. But oh. Crimes of the Future is like I have a thing to say, and then this movie sprouted out of it, as opposed to making a movie and saying, "Oh, I should figure out some things to say while making it." Yeah, it's it, it feels like, and I think this is like a younger ish director who's like they've they've got vibes down. Yeah, but like they don't have quite as good a handle on the story uh, when to pull back, uh, which I think is a skill that comes with a little bit more. Yeah, or yeah, be focused, and that's not even an or; that's an and. Like that's the same thing. Like when to pull back is, I think, the same thing as be focused. And I think that his next movie will be better because he's going to listen to this. Like, yeah, we just instructed him in how to make movies. All right. Well, it is time for us to vote. So. Between Evil Dead Rise and Infinity Pool, Ryan, you said that this might be your 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 winner here. Which way are you voting between these two? Me and God. All right, that is one vote for Infinity Pool, unless Mia Goth is in Evil Dead Rise in a cameo that I do not remember. Mike, which way are you going? Yeah, it's do you play in the this is a standard horror and hit your beats very well or do you try to expand things so you stumble a little? And do you cast Mia Goth and Alexander Skarsgård, two of the best weirdest mm. actors out there? We didn't it's, talk about it's him. Infinity Pool yeah. For, yeah, he's so good in everything, man. It, it's Infinity Pool for me as well. All right, Infinity Pool will move on. Uh, if I were voting, I would have voted for Evil Dead Rise. Let the record show. Uh, but... My vote, once again, does not count. So, Infinity Pool will move on. That will conclude us for round one. We will take a quick break, and then we will go through the rest of the bracket. All right, we are now coming into the conclusion of our bracket. We are in the semifinals. Your first matchup in the semifinals is Godzilla minus one versus when evil lurks fellas. I feel like these are two sort of uh, amongst us fan favorites. <laughs> do we, do we have, do we have a clear winner here? Where right, Ryan, the last battle was Ryan's finals. This is mine. This is the yeah. hardest choice of the evening. I, I agree with you. I think this is, and this is harder than the previous round I, for me. Maybe this is, I'm, I'm dumb in a specific way is uh, these are two foreign movies. So I'm instantly like, well, I had to read during it. So <laughs> it's kind of better than everything else we watched. It sort of, it sort of adds a little uh, je ne sais quoi, if you will, it to it the up. film. I read that. I know our listeners aren't on Zoom with us, but that popped up and there were subtitles as you spoke in another language there. And that was the smartest thing you've said all night then. That, that fucking rules. Uh, <laughs> for my part, I am going to I I after thinking about it I do know which one of these I'm going to go with and it's actually insane to me that I would have even had to consider it uh but it is a tough batch up I'm going with Godzilla minus 1 it's oh. simply I I I love the big guy I I love to see the big guy and I and I love what this movie did with him and the human story is just so riveting 
It's hard, it's hard for me to, to pick anything else. See, I think this might be my favorite movie of the year, period. I, I do have no like, qualifier. I saw it way after everybody was excited about it. Like, I saw it last night, and everybody has like, been freaking out, uh, out about it for months. But, like, the human story is not that riveting, right? Is it like, it just it, it takes us away from Godzilla, which is important. But, like, was the human drama. It's also, if you want to compare it to literally any other Godzilla movie, and it's their human characters, which yes. are barely cardboard cutouts. I don't know. I'd say yes. I, I think a, a PTSD story in a nuclear fire breath monster movie, I think they handled it really well. Yeah. Hey, Taylor, how long has the uh, blast from the mouth as opposed to fire been around? Uh, well, I think it's technically been like always, because it's always been nuclear breath is is the thing. So like even from like I think the first one, it's like, it's it's technically kind of like fire, but it is like a beam that comes out. It's like concentrated nuclear energy. I love it, part of the movie that I love is that, uh, and I think that like Superman villains have this as well. Of like he can do everything, but also watch out for this one thing: is that Godzilla yeah. can like uh, bite you, stomp you, whip you with the tail, whatever. But like when you see his fucking skills or uh, backstones, I don't know what you call it. Yeah. What does a Stegosaurus have, Mike? The uh, backstones. The, the, uh, when the backstone, the mohawk. When the mohawk pops up, you're fucked. You're so fucked. Yeah, fucked. and like the you're... power, the Dragon Ball Z power up that happens. <laughs> yeah, it's so it looks so good. Yeah. I, every new movie now, they really milk that to show yeah. off. Like, look at what Godzilla can do now. And but this one, the fact that it like they jump up and then push down like nuclear control rods. Yeah. Is so fucking rad. This movie did not make a poor decision. Everything I was like, no. wait, that's not how it originally worked, but I love it. I love what they're doing. And that's the beauty of calling it minus one, other than confusing everybody, is it is a way to wipe the table clean and be like, we get to do whatever we want right now. Yeah. As long All as right. legally Godzilla is a certain size, a certain gender, and breathes fire breath. Exactly. Uh, Mike, I'm going to call for a vote here. Which one are you going for? Uh, it's the big boy for me as well. The big boy. It is. Ryan, uh, your vote, unfortunately, does not count. But if it did, where, where would you vote? Uh, honestly, like uh, because I'm probably the least horror aficionado out of the three of us, I would have to go with a better movie. And when evil lurks, well, uh, it has stuff that like will stick in my brain forever in a horror way. But like Godzilla minus one, it's just so well made. It's just so good. And yeah. like, I can't wait for more. <laughs> Yeah, Godzilla minus two. Godzilla, Godzilla minus, minus two. three. They just go backwards. Oh my god! Can you even imagine Godzilla minus four? <gasps> now I can, oh. and I can't wait. All also, right, Godzilla. you already complimented Godzilla minus one and damned every other movie at the beginning of the show, saying this one should actually belong <laughs> yeah. on the real movie bracket. <laughs> it's like yeah. when one of the best picture nominees is also nominated for best foreign film. Mm-hmm. I think we know it's going to win, right? Mm-hmm. Listen, guys, we we know. Uh, all right, so uh, Godzilla minus one moves on. Your next matchup in the semifinals is Knock at the Cabin versus Infinity Pool. Uh, I think we all know where I'm landing on this one. Yeah. Uh, but but discuss. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I like this battle a lot because uh, as, a, as a group, as a trio, as three amigos, we've decided both of these – or I guess for one of them, Taylor didn't decide that. But I'm deciding. All three of us has said uh, these are messy movies with pretty interesting things sometimes and pretty yeah. stupid shit sometimes. Uh, and that so what 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 makes a more beautiful mess? Yeah, I do think uh, this might be the the two most different movies in a matchup 
we've had yeah. so far. And I don't want to get insulting because this is not like, uh, hey, Mike, uh, I'll trade you my baseball card for your baseball card. This is like me saying, Mike, I'll trade you my baseball card for your car. Infinity pool by a billion here. Is a car. Is a car. That's the car. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, that- there, there are shots of Infinity Pool or scenes that I would like want to show people, like alone that stand up as art and knock at the cabin. I'd be like, no, M. Night Shyamalan still can make entertaining movies. Yeah. All right. So it sounds like uh, Infinity Pool will be the movie moving on. Uh, all right. That brings us to our final matchup, fellas. It all comes down to this. This is for all the marbles. This is for the big hot dog. This is for with all the mustard. The trophy that we. This is for all the mustard. Uh, we're looking at Godzilla minus one versus Infinity Pool. Now, an Infinity Pool sounds like the size that you would need to fit Godzilla in. That's just <laughs> love, a fun little fact that I could throw in there. I love math matchups. That's true. We had a lot of math matchups in the. It was a big math year for for yeah. horror movies. Uh, There's nothing scarier than numbers. Before we get into this battle, Taylor, I will ask you: uh, Are you pissed that me and Mike got to decide, help decide, best horror movie of the year, and did not have to watch Five Nights at Freddy's? I honestly like. I there's a part of me that wishes I hadn't. Uh, just shoved that movie under the bus so quickly so that I could force the both of you to watch it because it really like, I'm not joking folks. (laughs) I realize that you missed the footage where I talked about it, but if you haven't seen this film, it's, it's not really a movie. It's mostly a series of Easter eggs and the plot largely revolves around a man who is asleep for 75% of the movie. He's it, the whole thing is the whole thing is that he is Peter Malark is taking long naps, uh, <laughs> and that is his whole deal. This summer, is- Peter Malark is taking long naps. Okay, but that would be a horrifying scene in the Hunger Games franchise if Peter Malark just <laughs> wouldn't stop taking Dude, naps in the middle of the death race. A fucking yeah. a bunch of arrows shot from a bow with dynamite on them are about to hit your body because it's the Hunger Games. You don't take naps. I got, I'm not joking. There's a scene where in this movie where someone takes his sleeping pills and throws them away because he's using them to sleep too much. I Is it dumb to think that he is a better actor than any project he's ever chosen? Is he just dumb and I need to admit that there's something about him I like, but No, I also think that he's better than than anything he's ever been in. Like I like I, I don't know what it is that you and I both see in him yeah. because uh, he's done nothing to, to prove us right. No, he has done but, one thing. He was in an SNL skit where a girl comes over to his trailer and he just starts lip syncing uh that one song uh Stacy's in a trailer far away. What? Yeah, I'm gonna go look this that's, up. That's that's by the outfield. Yes, is that it's the outfield song? All of those, yeah. Mike. All of those lyrics were wrong, but it was the outfield. <laughs> that is the band. <laughs> well, then I'm, I'm very impressed with Taylor. Yeah, all uh, I, uh, he's not joking. Every single one of the, other than I think the name Stacy, every one of those lyrics was wrong. But if you watch that and watch his commitment to lip syncing, uh, he is a good actor. We just, you know, maze runners and whatnot. He needs yeah. to rise above. Uh, anyway, Five Nights at Freddy's, bad movie. I should force uh, you I don't vote for it. Five Nights at Freddy's. <laughs> and I will say uh, all four talking. of our final four, I know we're into the final two, but all four of our final four, uh, Godzilla, When Evil Lyrics, Knock at the Cabin, and Infinity Pool, I was like, fuck yes movies. Like, yeah. that's what I want. And Five Nights at Freddy's ain't that. 
No. It, Five Nights at Friday's maybe the worst number two seed we've ever seen on one of these brackets. I'm, I'm putting I'm, the poop in number two. Yeah. You know what's not putting the poop in that? Godzilla minus one in Infinity Pool, which we do unfortunately have to vote for eventually. Uh, fellas, it's all come down to this. I, I, have like, to, I have to ask both of you one more time. Not about Infinity Who are Pool. you? But both of you, the horror experts, if Godzilla Minus One is the horror movie of the year, does that feel weird? Does it feel like it's not really it? Not to me. No, yeah, I think because there's so many subgenres of horror, and just because we don't get monster movie that often anymore doesn't mean it doesn't count. Yeah. It, like, just, yeah, I think it, just because that's a type of movie that went a different direction at a certain point or sort of went away doesn't yeah doesn't mean it's not a horror movie like just because like uh, slashers went away for like 10 years doesn't mean like when a slasher came out people are like well that's not a horror movie that's a slasher like uh, there's there's almost no real connective tissue between like a demon possession movie and like a friday the 13th but they're still all in the genre. There's, there's, there is an unstoppable evil force that is out to get you and scare you. That is unnatural. Well, That's a horror movie. In that case, I'll pick the news. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh! I did see a. I get their message, but a terrible commercial right before we started recording, where it like sometimes it looked like a movie, sometimes it looked like a video game, and the like, the scariest horror movie out right now is happening in real life. Stop the genocide in Gaza. And I was like, guys, I get your message, but this is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. Uh, I was watching Miss Rachel for reasons we don't need to talk about. Sure. And it was interrupted by one of those where it was like, I don't know if this is news or for real. And it was a uh, three-minute Scientology will save everything commercial. Oh, man. Hey, listen, I've seen enough of those Mission Impossible movies to think maybe. May- yeah, you know what? <laughs> Could be. Dead, I'm not ruling it out. Dead Reckoning, am I right? Oh, what You're a good wrong. movie. Is that horror? Can we can we change and vote for that? It says dead in the title. Oh, oh I'm scared. Uh how do we how do you guys even like between these two movies, like they're so different. How do you even begin to compare? Uh one of them is my favorite movie that came out last year, bar none, so my vote's for Godzilla minus one. I, yeah. I thought we did enough puttering. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. I I'm glad that we got through that. I'm uh, Ryan, I'll let you vote because I know exactly where I'm going. Ryan, what which one of which one of these would you like to vote for? No, I mean uh I asked that question uh for a reason that you two guys said it's fine for me to vote for Godzilla. Uh <laughs> and I would be honored for in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame to have the twenty twenty three Horror movie of the year to be Godzilla minus one. What an incredible, uh, not just movie, but theatrical experience. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Like, if you have not seen this movie, I go, like, go see it. I believe it is still in theaters and they're doing special screenings. As Ryan pointed out, you can see it in black and white, which is not the entire, that, that's not the normal way that you watch it, but it's just as good. I, I recommend if you have one near you to see it at the Alma Draft House because instead of yes. the trailers, they do like little featurettes and this one does cover like the entire history of Godzilla. And it's so funny to see how stupid the franchise can get before seeing an incredibly impactful, powerful. Do you know what I've learned uh, in my advanced age? If you don't live by an Alamo draft house, you're a piece of shit. 
Yeah, you probably should move out of fucking Idaho. Go somewhere where there's an Alamo draft house. I went to see... Godzilla minus one minus color with somebody who had seen it in color, and I asked them the entire time what what the colors were. What and co- what color would this be? And he he was correct the entire time, as far as I know. There you go. Uh, well, there we have it. Your winner for horror movie of the year 2023 is, in fact, Godzilla minus one. Fellas, I think we did a fucking bang up job. I'm very happy with the work that we've done here today. Are you? Hell yeah, brother. Uh yeah, hell yeah. I thought that uh, I don't know. I thought you know in brackets you never know like how people are gonna vote and there's gonna be surprises and people are gonna go different ways. But like I really think not to talk it up too much. And uh, again, I'm only 24 hours away from seeing this movie. That's how fucking awesome this movie is. And it doesn't help that I think outside of the show, Taylor and I have been talking about it nonstop. Yeah, it's it's like I was excited about it from the moment I found out it existed. Uh, but typically that would hurt. How, like typically I would yes. be like. Okay. Uh, I, Too much build up. I went on uh, Rise of the Resistance at Disneyland, uh-huh. uh, which has only been talked up by everyone I know constantly. And that was a fine ride at best. C plus. Oh! That's, you're wrong, actually. You are wrong about out. that. Oh, no. Here's- Is a broken mannequin of Kylo Ren going to hurt me? I don't know. But because of the build up, you guys have been building up Godzilla Minus One, and it lived up to everything you guys have said. Yeah, that that was my experience of it. Is I was I wasn't able to see it like opening weekend, and everything I heard about it was, hey, we were excited about it, and it's even better than I thought. Yes. And so I was like, well, that can't be that good, and it was. I took a twelve-year-old to see it. Uh, this is a movie in Japanese, and there's long bouts of no Godzilla. And I, the whole time I was like, oh, no, is this a mistake? And this kid fucking loved it. This is how good this movie is. You heard it here, folks. Fun for the whole family. Get your kids out there. Let's take grandmother. Let's watch this fucking movie. Grandmother, get uh, in if the you car. Watch it, if, you, if you watch enough of them, they'll give us more. All right. Congratulations to Godzilla Minus One. Godzilla, feel free to come by and pick up your trophy at any time from the studio. Uh gentlemen that'll do it for us any final words before we before we leave our our dear audience oh uh i just i wanted to interrupt mike thanks i was just gonna say if you go to take a pee and a person you just met that day jerks you off from behind while you're paying never trust them again that's a that's a big red flag for me dog uh i disagree and i i don't think infinity pool won because i was confused i had not seen uh, the previous all of the numbers pool before that. Uh, I love all the ways you continue to make that joke relevant. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, but no, what I was going to say, making... I'm so sorry, is that uh, every year that we do, and what is this, three? Year three? Uh, every yeah. every time we add this, because we don't do action movie of 2023 right. comedy. Every time the three of us do uh, horror of 2023, I, I feel like this will be the last because the genre is dying. And these eight movies... And, and definitely these four movies. Like, we're definitely. doing this next year for sure. Like, this genre oh, yeah. pumps me up. It's it's a good time at the movies. Well, thank you, listener, for listening to <laughs> us. All by yourself. <laughs> singular. <laughs> thank you. Th- hey, well, listen, I assume that people are listening Thanks, Greg. one at a time. So I'm, not, di- not I'm, in a I'm room speaking, full yeah, of I'm their speaking directly to them. Thank you, listener, for listening to us. I hope that you agree with us. And if you don't, go fuck yourself. But mostly, I hope that you do agree with us, in which case we say, 
We love you. Thank you both, uh, Mike and Ryan, for doing this with me. Thank you all. Taylor, and good night. Oh, sorry. Taylor forgot. I'm sorry. Uh, can you say good night one more time? I interrupted. Right good now. Just... Good night.